I guess the getting around is pretty much over. Previously on Podcast. Attention, attention. I go by the name of Cassidy the Hustler, and I would like to make a public service announcement. It's a lot of diseases that's going around that's deadly, and there's no coming back from that. So I need y'all to know that if y'all gonna have sex, you gotta wear a condom. Going raw is out of the question. So whenever you about to jump it off, I need you to keep this in mind. Stroke on condom style. This bad chick named Stephanie said her destiny was to mess with me. She pressing me to have sex with me, but Stephanie can have a STD. She started kissing and caressing me. Yes, she was sexually molesting me, but having sex unprotectedly is like putting your life in jeopardy. So I'm strapping up, open the wrapper up, and put the magnum on before I smash the jaw. She was kind of mad that I had it on, but no, I ain't gonna roll in that nasty jaw. I don't care if she say I'm not infected Cause I don't wanna hear her say that you got me pregnant A lot of bad ones want you to go Stroke them condom style. Condom style. Stroke, 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 stroke them condom style. Condom style. Stroke, 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 stroke them condom style. Stroke, 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 stroke them condom style. So I'ma get that boca, then I'ma stroke a chocha But if she want me to go in without a Trojan, that's not loca No, no, I don't care, I never stroke unprotected No, 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 I don't care, it's real, you gotta respect it No, no, I don't care, if she say I'm not infected Cause I don't wanna hear her say that you got me pregnant A Except lot of bad ones want you to go Condom style. Condom style. Stroke, stroke, condom style. Condom style. Stroke, 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 condom style. Stroke, 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 condom style. Stroke, 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 stroke. This is LT, and like Melissa said, we're here with Brian from TheBeeShine.com. So, actually, I'm going to get, before I let him tell you who he is, I'm going to give a little background on how Brian and I met. I was surfing the internet one day, and I came across his website, and I sent him this email like, oh my God, I love your website, I need you to interview SK. 
So that was about two years ago, right? Yeah, about that. It was about two years ago. And then I'll let Brian tell you about his amazing website and the things that he's been doing of late. I'm jumping into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Who who are you? What is your website? What do you do other than the website? All right, cool. So um, my name is Brian Shiner. So B-Shine is kind of like a nickname thing. Oh, so it is. Okay, sorry. So, um... Yeah, I started the website two years ago, and I just grew up in in high school listening to hip-hop, a lot of underground, a lot of old-school stuff, and I wanted to kind of preserve that era for what's happening in, um, you know, the mainstream right now, because there's, I notice a lot of kids in high school now don't even know who Wu-Tang is, or they don't even know who Run DMC is, and, like, it's kind of crazy, because me and my friends grew up just listening to, like, you know, Onyx and Wu-Tang and Biggie and all that stuff, so... Um, with my vast knowledge in high school, you know, I, I got this camera and I started um, interviewing um, local artists and it just snowballed and I networked um, to two years later where I've interviewed over a thousand uh, hip-hop artists um, all around the country. I've been to probably like close to 20 cities and interviewed everybody from Redman to The Roots to Slaughterhouse to Rappin' Forte, um, Corrupt J.O. Felony. Schooly D, um, just like you name it, I probably interviewed him. Uh, I'm, I'm moving more towards old school right now. So recently, I met with um, Grandmaster Kaz, who you know wrote the Rapper's Delight song, um, the DJ for Biz Marquis, whose name is Cool V, um, Young Guru, who's Jay Z's engineer. Um, so just a lot of people like that. And really, the goal is to just kind of show people who was influential and who deserves recognition. Um, you know, for people that haven't done the research. And what is the format for, for these interviews? So each of your interviews generally take the, the same format as far as like the questions that you ask. Right. So the topic is usually what inspires you. So I can kind of get like a deeper um, insight into the artist's minds and how they think and where they came from rather than you know, the typical what are you working on type of stuff. So I wanted to, you know, do that, get inside the mind of people because I'm like, a, I like people watching and... Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the basis. I had like a bunch of different ideas originally that I wanted to do, and one of my friends um, who works in like search engine optimization was telling me if you want to like be successful and, and you know the, the quickest is to just stick to one topic and get good at it. So I stuck to that, and I still I'm still doing the what inspires you. Well, tell me about your best interview that you had. Um, and why? What was so inspirational about it? I mean, it, it it's biased to me because there's certain artists that I like more than others, and I would consider it better if I just have um, more of an interest to that person. So best as far as, you know, most insightful or, you know, coolest or whatever. I think um, I met Brother Ali. Um about three months ago at Warner Music in New York and uh, he's just like um, he's just such a down to earth person and he grew up being you know he's albino and he lived in a you know predominantly predominantly black neighborhood Um, he converted to Islam and he's really like just um, and I guess an activist you know for the people and it's just so inspiring to see someone that had, you know, just such a rough upbringing and didn't fit in at all. And, you know, I loved his music so much. And when I got to meet him, you can just see, you know, you can tell him his music too, but you can see when you meet him even more, like how much he cares about humanity and how much of a um, difference that he's trying to make. So that was really, like, powerful to me. And uh, I was really happy to meet him. It was like my second or third time meeting him, but... Obviously, only the first time he remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, though. <clears throat> like, in high school, how many people... Uh, what high school did you go to, first off? Cherry Hill East. Cherry Hill East. Um, so, the crew that you hung with, they listened to the same music that you did, or was it... I mean, I didn't really hang out with the crew. Mm-hmm. I had friends in high school. Right. And then I had, like, a couple different friends that I would hang out with, and you know, play video games and stuff, but the peak in my high, in high school was 98 to 2001, 
so what came out then was you know Method Man to Cal to Judgment Day and DMX is Dark and Hell is Hot and Jay-Z Volume 2 Hard Knock Life so that's what was out so and that's what was mainstream so that's all as far as hip hop and it was all like real it was all like dirty and grimy and it was just like a real portrayal of what was you know what their lives were all about so we didn't have any other like outside influences um, yeah cause you said that you listened to underground hip hop so I was trying to figure out where the inspiration came from like, did you just always grow up listening to underground so those um, so those albums that I mentioned that came out that's when I really first got like a grasp onto hip hop music and then I kind of went backwards I was online and I was just trying to find out as much as I could and you know I got into Anticon which is like Hip hop. I got into Def Jokes, which is you know LP and Aesop Rock, um, Rhyme Sayers, now Brother Ali and Atmosphere, and then just all these like you know independent artists. So it would be like Copyright, be Blueprint, Sage Francis, um, and it was crazy. And then I went to college in Rhode Island, and there was a, a big hip hop scene in Rhode Island, um, and that's where Sage Francis is from. And I just kind of just snowballed from there. And I just wanted to know as much as I could. Did you go to France? No, URI. URI, okay. Well, that's good to know. Elsie, you have any questions? So, you're doing things outside of the B-Shine these days. Would you like to tell us about those? So, I work in Manhattan. I do um, SEO link building. Um, (laughs) So, it's a media company that helps websites, you know, rank higher in Google. Um... Other than that, it's really just just doing interviews, and I try to have a social life too, because I still have like 300 video interviews that I haven't edited or released yet. So like I'm trying, I'm constantly trying to catch up on that. Um, and just put them out so I can do stuff. I've done like a few music videos. Um, I've done a few beat making videos um, with producers, um, but that's really it. It's just balancing time between. Um, work. I work nine to six in Manhattan. Um, you know, I find time on nights and weekends to to try to meet more artists and go to shows, and then you know, hang out with friends and keep that balance. So that's the majority of my time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spin your question on you. What inspires you? Um, I think going back to like the Brother Ali um, incident was people that are people that are like making a difference people that are um, how should I say passionate about something so whatever it is um, as long as you do something and you're successful at it like I'm inspired by it like even if someone like you know whoever made the pet rock or whatever you know (laughs) as silly as it is someone invested the time and money and to make it successful and they did something with that um, so people like, you know, Brother Ali, even if he has a fan base of, you know, a couple thousand, which is more, it's more than that. But the fact that he's, you know, making an impact and doing things that he wants to do and, and, you know, impacting people's lives is, you know, what inspires me. So it's kind of vague, but it's more, it's more on a humanity level. Right. Exactly. I'm like, it might not, it might be, it's, I think it's more broad than vague. Because if, if it inspires you, if that's what inspires you, then that's definitely what inspires you. I don't think that our inspiration needs to be, like, so, I don't even want to say, like, pigeonhole, but just so on point and targeted. But, you know, some people, they go out in the world and they just, like, you know, every day I wake up and I'm inspired. I'm just, as, you know, I'm motivated by waking up every day. I'm motivated by the sunshine. So it's all right for it to be so broad. Where do you see the bee shine in five years? I don't, I don't know. I try. I think I try to think about it sometimes, but I don't even know because I wanted to originally make money with advertising and, and sponsors and get you know a couple thousand a month and ads on the site and do it. But I don't know. That's not going to come as soon as I originally thought. And you know, I get a lot of requests from like young rappers and like a lot of other rappers that don't fit that niche that I'm trying to portray. And you know, some of them are are saying you know how much. 
do you want for you know to feature us and things like that and like I don't do it and I think it's really good that I you know have a job where I can support myself and do it how, how I want to do it to maintain your integrity exactly that's what it's all about and you know the biggest thing is you know you see all these hip hop websites out there talk about you know you know Chris got in a fight with this person or you know just drama and, and things that don't really matter um, and they call it hip hop like world star and things like that and it's all just to get views just to draw attention and I think I'm like one of the only sites that really have that integrity and really focuses on like just appreciating hip hop and the culture and the artists involved and not trying to use them for any type of you know views or anything like that so what I see in the future is I see it as more of a authority on the web um, and I just see myself doing you know a lot more with these artists a lot more connecting um, you know producers to MCs and I don't know, just just a lot more. I just don't. I don't know where it will take. I don't have like a long term goal. I just kind of have like a mid, like a short to mid term. Right. And as you're talking about, you know, and they post these things and they call it hip hop. So that makes me think that there's a conversation that continues to occur within hip hop and rap, and it's like this versus thing. So well, what is what is hip hop to you? Because people, you know, the world star hip hops or. I'm not even going to call out any other ones. But those websites, they claim, like, you know, this is hip-hop. This is part of the culture. But you're saying that it's not hip-hop. So what do you think is hip-hop? I mean, I, I don't know if I can if I can be the person to determine what is and what isn't hip-hop. I can only say what I respect and what I don't respect. Okay. And, uh, you know, growing up with hip-hop, having the four elements, is that just anything that revolves around that, that, you know shows talent or um, just just the art form of any of those elements I appreciate it and so whoever's doing it whether it's a graffiti artist or it's the MCs or the DJs or the management behind them you know all of that it's just like I appreciate what what I enjoy from it and the music that I hear from it and anything else that I feel like doesn't matter whether it's like controversial or media uh, gossip I just I just try not to pay attention to it it doesn't trick you and you spoke about the four elements of hip-hop and what's crazy is I, I don't know if you know the founders of hip-hop would have thought that these things would have been lasting that they were that they were actually creating a culture you know when they were doing it's like this is what we do right now you say the B-Shine is taking the turn of interviewing like a lot of old school artists what do you in your opinion, are there any, what new school artists will have that lasting impact as these old school artists? So here we are 15 years down the line and there's there's a new B-Shine, there's this new guy. Who is he going to be interviewing and calling it old school? I, that's not up to me. That's up to, you know, there could be someone right now like, you know, Kendrick Lamar, like you may not hear from him next year. It just depends on your team and who's around you and the business, the, the business that you conduct. So really, I, you know, there's people I think that are incredibly talented. There's people I thought in the 90s that were incredibly talented that I wish were still doing it today. So I can't, I can only tell you who I guess I would hope to want to be interviewing, which is I think what you're saying, because I can't say who, I, who will be, you know, doing that. Um, so I don't know, Kendrick Lamar is getting a lot of good press. I haven't listened to it enough to really, really get it really enjoy it and get into it I still have to give it uh, another shot but it's hard to it's hard for me to kind of branch out and really get into like a, a completely different sound like there's new records coming out from artists like Aesop Rock and LP and Killer Mike that I really really like but they're not new artists but that's mostly the stuff that I listen to is if I'm listening to new music it's that stuff. It's but very new music. I don't, yeah, I can't say how many new upcoming artists there are that I really uh, that I really like. So it's it's really hard for me to answer that because I don't really think about that. I don't go around the uh, who's like new or this guy's new. I just like listen. You're not to chasing the bandwagon. Right, right, and I just listen to what I like, and a lot of it still is, you know, music from ten years ago. So I try not to. Um, I have to see why. 
and it's like the you know you it it's we're at the point where like you understand why your parents listen to you know Rolling Stones and why your grandparents still love classical music and you know that's like it's powerful because you never thought that it would happen you think oh that's old music but now you're like no like that's what I grew up listening to and now we're holding to that right so yeah that's right but I think the coolest thing for me to do this is that the pioneers and the founders of hip hop are still around and you can't do that with any other genre I never thought about that yeah, you can't do that with rock and roll. They're all dead. I was in the thirties, forties. So you know, this is this is one of the only genres where you really can capture the very, very beginnings. And a lot of these people are still around and willing to tell their story. So that's what I did. And well, and willing to let others learn from from their mistakes and, and their growth because and there's definitely a, and I know that people really appreciate hip hop for its honesty and there aren't I don't want to say that but the people who um, you know who share their stories and share their passion that's like one of their one of their guiding principles like no learn listen to me learn from me I'm not just going to talk to you with all this bravado like I killed this shit <laughs> it's like you know I made my mistakes don't make them and but do what you love right that's really cool okay alright so what we're going to do now we're going to open it up for um, discussion on our we typically have three topics that we talk about um, and the first one that I was going to bring up but we kind of already mentioned it um, who do you think um, is next up and is the next up and coming female star that 10 years down the line um, you still see taking over the charts but you kind of already said like the new yeah I mean I actually I read this this question yesterday mm-hmm. and I thought of like an example like of a Britney Spears mm-hmm. like so it has to be pop no I'm saying oh no I'm saying like Britney Spears like she's not the most talented singer right. she's not the most talented dancer she's not the most beautiful girl in the world mm-hmm. But she made it to the as high as you can go in fame and mainstream, and so it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, how talented all that stuff. It's you know your team around you. Right. So who do I see as the next up and coming? I don't know. It's hard because I don't live in that world. I don't. I don't stay up to date on all of that. Um, Alicia Keys, I mean, but some people would not consider her up and coming. She's already established, right? Um, so I don't know. I'm not. All, I'm not on the verge of all all the new talent, um, but I really like Alicia Keys. Um, I guess that's all. I <laughs> In my head, I'm like oh, up and coming stars because I too. You're, I don't, more, you're more in tune with that than I am. I'm more in tune, but I, I'm. I don't like people. I don't like like a lot of the new artists. I should say I don't like people. But a lot of the new artists don't really draw me in. So let's say if this were a different group of people sitting around these microphones, somebody would say, oh, Nicki Minaj, she's going to be here 10 years from now. Well, I would just, no. I don't I don't know why she's here two, I don't know why she was here two years ago. People so for her to... Period. We, we're not big fans of the people in mainstream right now. Like, I mean, you go to a club or something like that, the music that's playing nowadays, okay, that's fine. But um, two chains and stuff like that. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the crunk music that's become mainstream nowadays. Um, so I understand what you're saying. I stick to my neo soul. I, I like neo soul music, like R and B and stuff. So when you said Alicia Keys, I'm like, yeah, that's a good person to name. But yeah, she is established, unfortunately. So now, now it's, it's hard to my the reason why I put that question there is because. I just wanted to shed a light on the fact that it's hard to find, you know, up up and coming artists that we can see down the line as, you know, really setting the platform and, you know, uh, uh, you know, making a name for themselves. It's going to let years down the line, you know? So, um, actually, I think I proved myself correct because no one can name anyone. <laughs> and I'm trying to really, and then what makes it harder is because we said, well, who's the next female? Like, who is the female star that's going to be lasting? And we know that, and even in, in your example, you're like two chains. Okay, but this is a male. We're trying to talk about females, and it's really I mean, a lot of women. Nicki Minaj, but I mean, a lot of 
a lot of women don't have even the platform that the, that the men have so it makes it even harder to think of someone um, that is a, a female rising some female rising talent that's going to be lasting um, in my head I'm thinking but I can't remember her name so does this, does this prove that she's going to be here 10 years from now but you also have to like determine like what defines a star to you mm-hmm. like a star right now can be completely talentless and be a star. So what are you really asking when you say who do you see as being, you know, a star 10 years from now that's up and coming? So well, I guess. that question is twisted on you. What do you see as a star? How, like, how do you judge who's established and who's a star? I see a star as someone who's exceptional at their ability that no one else can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had that early on. And you have that in every genre. There's exceptions. And... I can't say there's anyone new that's doing that. Talent doesn't doesn't necessarily make money these days. You don't have to right, you don't no. have to be talented to become a millionaire. And there's so many exceptional people I can name, but they'll probably never be in a position to be stars. So that, I can answer the question is who I can who I see could be one, but it doesn't. But they're probably not. If the V shines light was shining on them, who would be the star in ten years? <laughs> wow. Um, so I would take it from it's not going to be anyone super new but um, I don't even know how to answer that question because anyone everyone I've interviewed that I've really wanted to interview is already like exceptional in my eyes Mm -hmm. so it depends if you know if they still continue doing it Um, I'm trying to try to name somebody who haven't you interviewed yet that you would love to interview? There's a lot of like more old school people that I want to get, like um, the Force MDs, Houdini, Slick Rick, Biz Marquee, uh, EPMD, and I know like I know a lot of people that are I'm only like one connection away, <laughs> so it's just like a matter of time. Um, but then you have those people that are very very unreachable, like Jay Z. And Dr. Dre and Eminem, and just people on that that plateau. Once they hit that level of success, like they're really, really hard to reach. Even their friends, even like uh, the new DJ Premier. I met him like several times, and he knows me now. And he was saying because he's worked a lot with Jay Z and all. And we had a conversation. Well, not me and him, but a bunch of people about like Jay Z doing something. And he's like. He's like, yeah, I can call him, but it just depends on if he answers his phone. So like, even like their best friends have trouble getting in touch with them. So it's just a matter of um, being in the right place at the right time. But definitely it would be Eminem and Jay-Z and Dr. Dre. Any particular female um, hip-hop artists that you haven't interviewed that you would like to? Uh, yeah, Salt and Pepper. They're my favorite. <laughs> um, Moni Love. Um, Roxanne Shante. Definitely, definitely MC Light. She's, she's a, <laughs> well, like, if you if you weren't gonna say MC Light, I'm just gonna tell you MC Light should be on your list. Exactly. <laughs> um, who else? Yo Yo. Mm-hmm. And Rod Digger. Foxy Brown, Little Kim. Together in one room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the most interesting. I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. So yeah, I mean I'll. I, you know, you, you kind of know now, like, the criteria that I'm looking for. Right. So, like, anyone that falls under that era. Okay. Well, the next topic is, um, it talks about uh, conservative sex appeal in the entertainment industry. Um, when I talk about conservative sex appeal, I mean, you don't have to be, like, literally almost naked, you know, to have a sex appeal of some sort. But who are some of the sexiest entertainers who pull it off and they do it conservatively? So, of course, we're talking about women. Oh, yeah. Sexiest entertainers. And this is in hip-hop? Yep. Um, I think... I don't know. I mean, I think think Nicki Minaj um, looks really good sometimes. She, you know, even though I don't support her music, you know, she's a sexy entertainer. 
um, Alicia Keys. It's very sexy. Rihanna definitely is. Um, so you think Rihanna and Nicki Minaj um, are conservative artists in terms of sex? Uh, oh, well, Nicki Minaj definitely not conservative. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Alicia's a good one though. I, I just she's she's very conservative, yeah. right? Doing okay. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard for me because I don't really. I don't like. I don't know. I would just say you know Alicia Keys is out there. I like um, Nicole Scherzinger. I seen her on uh, what's that show? She on The Voice or no? She's not The Voice. X Factor USA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she's really, really pretty. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to go into a break real quick. Um, and when we come back, we'll move into our third portion. And this portion has nothing to do with hip hop. So I want to get your fixations on this, this topic that we're going to talk about. All right. So we're going to go off the break. You didn't want to get his work. Um, I'm not really out there like um, combating it publicly because I don't it, it, right now it doesn't affect me too much because I'm not doing anything that's going to get me into trouble that I you know anything that I care about that people see but you know maybe in five years something will come back to me and then I'll be like really upset about it so I definitely think that you know we deserve to have the right to more privacy um and that's really it. I mean, the only people that really have a right to complain about it is the ones that are out there doing something about it, making making an impact, not just typing how ridiculous it is on social media. All right, because I actually, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I like the fact that I'm able to track a phone. I have my phone stolen. And um, I remember calling up Sprint and letting them know that I just lost my phone. Um, uh, my car was broken into it. They, they took my phone and it was um, in the cup holder. And I thought putting something over it would. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, I'm like, why would you leave your phone in a cup holder and get out of the car? Yeah, I thought maybe if I put a little scarf over it, oh, they won't notice. Oh, they taste. That always they stole? stole? Huh? That always stole? No, they also stole a few other items out of my car, but those were like trivial compared to my phone. <laughs> but um, when I called in their report, they told me that 
jumped the gun and I told them that it was lost, you know, we're stolen or whatever, and they were sending me out another one. This is just um, a heads up to people out there who get their phones stolen. First call, Sprint, or whatever your carrier is, and they're going to track your phone before you're reporting it lost or stolen because you no longer have access to that old phone once they shut your account off from that phone. So, um, yeah, they were actually able to track that phone. So that's where, in that scenario, I agree with it. But on other things, I just don't feel comfortable with somebody being able to read my emails and stuff like that or, you know, track phone records and stuff. Right, I mean, that's like an example more of like the service of Sprint being able to do that for you rather than the government right. spying, but they still can, you know, access that with, you know, a, a little subpoena or something easy for them to get, which, um, you know, I think it's fine. I think it's good that we have those services out there, you know, to get people's emails and to get, you know, text and, and whatever information we need, but as long as it's not abused. And I think, you know, the problem is the government is abusing it. Mm -hmm. um, and like we saw with that um, case um, with the, um, the CIA agent, the, the, oh, the top uh, CIA guy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, I thought that that was completely, like, ridiculous that, you know, they needed to do that. And, you know, he did his job fine. And, and the only thing, I when I first came out, I, I could have sworn, like, it had to be something deeper than just an affair for him to resign. Mm -hmm. And nothing came out besides that. And, like, that's not a reason for someone to lose their job. And the fact that, like, people are thinking it's, like, outrageous and all, it's, it's like, a, it's not. It's, I mean, because I'm pretty sure other officials have had <laughs> an affair or two or whatever, but I'm sure they're not going to get, you know, fired or or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's just crazy how society is and what they focus on. And, and it's not looking at, like, the important you know, things going on. Right. So that's definitely, you know, an invasion of privacy. And yeah, it's it's crazy. It's only gonna get crazier unless we have some type of, you know, defense for it. And unless uh, we all rally together. And like you said, the, if we're not doing anything, we're just talking about it, we're not we're not helping. Right. Right. Like I said, I, I don't care too strongly about it. For what my and LTL want to get your opinion on it as well, but um, I don't care too strongly about it, you know, because it actually has helped me in a scenario or almost did, and I jumped the gun. So it just makes me feel a little bit more comfortable, and at least one of my biased positions, my phone can be safe. So. Right. I mean, we never had, like, this amount of, uh, like, privacy threatened before, but we've also never had this amount of crazy people out there, you know, in the world access things. to technology and access to so many people around around right. the world and so many people doing so much more like wrong things so like it kind of goes hand in hand and you know we have to find that middle ground because you know it's good for the government to have it but you can't always trust the government and I think that's you know you keep saying you know it's the difference between the what the government is doing as far as invading privacy and what cell phone services can offer their 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 customers so like there's definitely a difference and I actually was really wild I was at a conf conference a couple months ago and there was a, somebody talking about something like this as far as being able to retrieve data from the phones but he was talking about how you can use it for it's helpful in research and he was saying that because there's some he's working on this technology it's this guy at the University of Delaware where tracking research I don't even I can't even explain the technology I'm not a technology person so I can't explain what, what it really no exactly but it was amazing but he was saying how he, he just did it with his phone but like tracking all the data as far as like where he was and something about the text messages and it helps with with like social research and I just think that that shit is amazing. And I can't explain to you why it's amazing because I can't even really remember what he did. But the, the use of technology in that way is is nuts. But you know, with research, you have to have, you, you got to give people permission. You have to sign consent forms. It's different than, again, what the government is being able to have access to. Because we know the technology is there. The, the technology is here for them to be looking at us right now. So it's not about the technology, but the abuse of it.
Creative Juices Music in Brooklyn and they were doing a show with Keith Murray and he was like oh, you know we've worked with Keith Murray in the past he's like really cool I'm sure he'll be down to you know do an interview with you and um, I was like alright cool I'll come by and also there was like the Cellar Dwellers which is a 90's group and Jace One from the Arsonists which is another uh, 90's group so I got to interview them 
and uh, I try to go up and talk to Keith, and he um, he's like, I, I start, I introduce myself and tell him who I am, what I want to do, and he's like, what? He's like, what? Pretending like he can't hear what I'm saying, and uh, he's like, he's like, go talk, you know, talk to this guy, and I thought he was like telling me to. You know, it was a guy who, like, manages him or something, like, talk to this guy, I'll set it up. But he was just, like, talking to this guy, and he wanted me to go over, and I, like, introduced myself to the guy, and then I realized that that guy was just, like, you know, a, a fan in the crowd type of person. Oh, wow. So he just wanted me to just go over and, like, do something stupid like that. And then, like, I came up to him later, and I was, like, I was, like, no, look, I want to, like, interview you, whatever. And he just, like, blew me off, walked away. And, and this is Keith Murray. Yeah. And then I was... I wish you all could see Melissa's face, because you know she hates stuff like that. I'm a very nice person, and I hate when people, you know, just... The rude thing. Take advantage of other people. Yeah, and then, uh... Yeah. What's it called? So I was out... So I was waiting outside when the show was over, and he walks out um, with, like, a girl next to him. And I see him, and it's just me and them, and I'm like, hey, you know, what's up? Like, one last time type thing. And he, like like bumps into me really hard and then just keeps walking and I was like alright wow so, um, that was this Keith Murray guy so what happened <laughs> wait a minute are you about to google him yeah, like who is Keith Murray so what happened was oh you don't know who he is you've heard a few of his songs before baby girl most beautiful thing in the world just like uh, that so what happened was um, he has he has a brother uh, named Fish Grease um, who was living in Texas for a while um, and I start actually I, I had interviewed Fish Grease earlier that night because my friend um, from Creative Juices said you know, you know you got interview Fish Grease that's his brother you know, and then like later on I real I found out you know who Fish was and listened to his music you know he was really good and he was in Texas and you know we exchanged numbers and he came back to um, New York for something and he wanted uh he needed like a videographer, yeah. so we linked up. I, I drove up to Long Island, and we did like a day in the life of Fish Grease. That's cool. And we went around. He was he had an album release show that night, um, so we went around. We spent like thirteen hours of the day um, together, just filming him getting ready for the show, mm-hmm. and this and that, and the performance and all. And um, you know, Keith was there to at the end of the night to perform with him, and the show was supposed to go on. I guess we were there at like 11 or 12 mm-hmm. and they were just DJing until he was waiting for Keith to show up um, so we could so he could start his show so nobody there was no openers so uh, Keith shows up at 3 in the morning no what and uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this one was <laughs> he showed up at 3 in the morning they did the show and you know everything was done by like 3.45 or 4 and then you know Fish Grease introduced me to Keith again and um, he did the interview with me mm. and so you know we I'm did so it. sure that interview probably like you probably had a bad taste in your mouth by then you're like eh. I, I really don't take it personal because they don't. Don't, they don't know who I am and there's probably a million other people that come up to them like hey let me interview you so like I'm actually more surprised that people that I highly respect say yes to interviews because I could be anyone. Right. So I'm actually well, more sure. Ooh, he sounds like a handful that's to be honest with you. Yeah, and I come into it knowing the fact like if I go somewhere long distance to try to do something, it's probably not the last time that like it's not gonna work out. Like there could be that happening where I go, you know, great lengths to do something and then it won't happen. And, like, I say to myself, like, it's it's not the last time that's going to happen. Just to kind of, because you, you have to have realistic expectations and things like that. And, um, yeah, so, but it was cool. I mean, he did it. I don't really, you know, not, like, friendly with him because we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only friendly with uh, his brother, Fish Grease, but it was cool that he I got sounds it. Like a, he sounds like a whole bunch of sunshine. I like Fish Grease. <laughs> and then there was one other story where... Um, I was supposed to interview Lauren Hill. Oh. Yeah. Wait, I just, we need to pause this because we have people that are just jumping in the interview. Y'all haven't heard Blair talk because you just keep hearing his little ad libs. So Blair's here. <laughs> so, um, so my dad, um, worked with, uh, 
the sound engineer um, in Atlantic City. And this guy, he, I think he worked, he was like for Showboat or something like that. He did the live audio for all the concerts in Atlantic City. And he introduced me to him. And the guy was like, yeah, I can, you know, I could probably get you an interview with Tony Bennett, you know, this and that. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, I don't, that's not what I do. Yeah. So he, you know, he's like, I know this guy. Um, he's like, well, I know um, the sound engineer for Lauren Hill. And he goes and travels um, with her and all this stuff. And so I was like, all right, cool. So he put me in touch. Um, and then the guy was like, he's like, yeah, we're doing a show at the House of Blues. This was about a year ago. And, you know, come to the venue at this time. We'll try to do it before the show. And I was like, all right. So I came to Atlantic City and um, I was texting him, letting him know, like, I'm here. He's like, okay, you know, I'll try to do it. But, let, you know, he told me before, like, she's a little crazy. You know, she might not do it just because she's, you know, she acts impulsively and irrationally. But I was like, you know, it's still, like, a, a good chance I could do it. So it got closer to, like, the start of the show. And he's like, all right, you know, I, I can't do anything now. Just wait till the end of the show. And so I waited till the show was over, and um, I tried to reach out to him afterwards, and, like, he never got back to me. And I waited, like, an hour after the show with my friend, and uh, he didn't get back to me, and I didn't talk to him till like, a, like a day or two later. And uh, he was like, he's like, I'm sorry, like, she, you know, she's crazy, and, you know, this and that. <laughs> That sums up everything. Know. I mean, I don't know if that happens. I don't know if he really did even say anything to her, right. the manager, or not, but I was just annoyed that he didn't at least say something to me. Then he, I he didn't, like, respond. Um, but, so you know, it just we, runs in the family. <laughs> oh, sorry. This is somebody else. Oh, okay. I thought this was still Fisheries. No. Okay. This is Lauren so Hill. This, is, this is the sound engineer. And yeah. for, for Lauren Hill. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. All right, so Fisheries is going to put you on to the guy, though. To Keith Murray. These are two separate stories. No, no, no. Keith married uh, Fish Grease, I met. And then he introduced me to Keith Murray. Okay. My dad is friends with Sound Engineer. Okay, at so the, that's the link. All right. At the showboat. Nice. And the guy at the showboat introduced me to um, Lauren Hill's engineer. Okay. That's how that connection happened. And I still have talked to him. I'm still trying to, like, take him out for a drink and, like, just hang out. Because he lives in New York and he's back and forth. Atlantic City and traveling with her so I'm still like trying to make that happen um, you know who knows but that was my excitement. but like you said in the question it just like make you want to say it like fuck my life but like nothing will make me say that unless I did something really really wrong but any situation I've been in before a lot of stuff hasn't gone the way I hoped and this and that but it's all like it's a part of it yeah you have the right mentality for what you do. I mean, I'm so, not everybody can do it. I'm scared. I'd probably cry. She never let me in like, She's crazy. What? No. I, certain people have to have a mindset, like a strong mindset, to be rejected and still pursue, you know. Um, that's, you're, you, I applaud you on what you do and how you, how you handle it. So that's good. All right. Well, we're coming to a close now for um, Ladies First. And can you just give us some contact information, like if ever a person wants to reach out? So the website is thebeeshine.com. That's T-H-E-B-E-E-S-H-I-N-E. -E and all the social medias are on that page. So just go to thebeeshine.com. You'll see all the interviews. And there's a contact section. And that's the main source. Nice. All right. Thank you for coming, spending your Sunday with us. And what we've been keeping to ourselves, everybody, is we're in the hallway. <laughs> we're not. We're in the hallway. We are definitely in the hallway. We are in the hallway of a warehouse slash studio. This is called dedication. <laughs> Look, so talking about dedication to our grind and uh, Brian's grind. We are working. Right. We working, huh? Yes. <laughs> that was my like fake rapper thing. But <laughs> you know, follow us, um, ladies first. Um, podcast wins. Follow us. What podcast? Podcast Wednesdays. P O D C A S T W E D S. Um, visit. I'm not a rapper. I spit dot com to listen to the podcast. 
And if you want to talk to us, you want to keep the conversation going, pound sign, ladies first, F-I-R-S-T. Okay, and if you ever um, want to come on our show, you can contact me on Twitter at um, Melissa K. Simmons, that's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-K-S-I-M-O-N-S, or you can contact Shot. And, 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 and you can follow that channel on Twitter as well at King underscore Spit. Peace out. Ain't that wrong? Too desperate. I need love and affection.
come on. Till I did Hustle harder than the rest of them Been grinding since a kid I ain't guilty cause this hip hop got me right How I live and I don't deal with grimy niggas Man, fuck them dirty pigs, yeah It took a minute but I'm back And I'm in it and I love it Gotta have it, yes cause it's my only mission In your face like I never left Plus a new beginning If I'm breathing then I'm winning Break through walls like demolition, yeah I've been around the world on this thing Fuck a drug, can't get higher than when people scream your name Went from pitbull in the skirt to a lioness in Louboutins From the gutter to the world, stick with E, I'll put you on <laughs> 